Well, good morning, everybody. Come on. Nudge your neighbor and tell him, turn it up a little bit. Good morning. That's what we're looking for. God bless you. Love all of you. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. And uh, it's a great day. One of our favorite places to come. And uh, everything just amazing. Been friends with Pastor and Sister Pastor for a long time and uh, excited all and God bless you well hey we want to get right down to it because God's going to heal some folks today and God's going to fill some folks with the Holy Ghost today and God's going to deliver some people today and God's going to take some sadness away today he's going to take some sorrow away he's going to restore joy and hope and peace and Boy, it's going to be a great time, and I uh, uh, we're going to preach you some of the Word of God to lay a foundation for that, but it feels so good in here. We can start it right now. Uh, let me go over this commercial real quick. Uh, Sister Terry writes books, and then I sell them, so there you go. It's a pretty good arrangement we got her new book right here is called Five Miracles, um, given to her by Brother Barnes, and he said you need to write about that, and she did. It's uh, it's miracle eyes, miracle ears, miracle mind, miracle emotions. How many think we need a little of that in this last day we live in? So stop by and check that out. She's got a new one here. This one is brand new on prayer and fasting. Of course, you know, that's a fast seller. That's <laughs> but there are four of these little books, prayer and fasting, healing, word, and faith. If you want to get one of those and, um, and pass them around to folks, God bless you. It's okay to ask why. Uh, you know, I've heard all kinds of teaching and preaching on uh, just blindly accepting what God says and going forward, and I try to live like that. But a few times in my life, I just parked the car and ran off out in the woods screaming, why in the world are you doing this? Either that or why in the world are you letting this happen? I know you can stop it. Anybody besides me ever wondered about all that stuff? Here's a great book about it. It's called um, It's Okay to Ask Why. Of course, the lifelong story that we gave here uh, a number of years ago of Terry's uh, 10 years of illnesses in here. So all I want to say is, folks, Terry has grandkids. You can have them. They're yours. God bless you. I was about to throw them out there and give them away to people, but Pastor took them. Amen. He's trying to help me. He's trying to help me. <laughs> oh, it's good to be here. I like all this music up here on the stage and all the guitars and worship and all that's all exciting. So God bless you. Well, stand with me if you would. No one told me what time we got out of church. I don't know if I can stay till the Lord.
I will certainly. You know, here's what I've learned. Um, I've learned that we need to all get through at the same time. Because I don't need to keep pushing on when you're through. It doesn't work out well. It just continues to bog down. So I'm just telling you, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to believe and pray for people. And God's going to do miraculous things. It's the best time we've ever seen for God doing spectacular things. And he's doing it. So if you need to be healed, start getting ready. If you need to shake off some discouragement and depression and worry, get ready. The worry is one of the devil's biggest tools today. We worry about everything. And, uh, but we're going to leave that aside today, and Jesus is going to do great things. I have no problem declaring that he's going to. I have no problem declaring that it's going to happen. The only thing that can stop it is us. So we're going to commit ourselves to worship and praise and loving the Lord today. It's going to be a great, great day. Terry is uh, coming, and um, I haven't seen her in, how long has it been? Long day, long. She's been with her mother, and they've been traveling all over the country, and I'm glad to see Terry and have her back in church today since she has something she wants to say. So I try, no doubt, I try, sounds like he knows her. Amen. I uh, tried to get her to rest today and then I would start this off, but instead she's um, got something for sure on her heart that she wants to do. So let's open ourselves up to the Lord, would you? Would you take somebody by the hand right now and let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you because we don't know what else to do today. We've got needs. We've got problems. We, we need you really, really bad. And so we've come to you to ask you to help us in this place today. We need you desperately. And we thank you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Shake hands with about a half a dozen and stay with them until there's a smile. Good morning. been quite a month in my life. I have buried my father, and that's something you don't do very often. But what I have found is when I am weak, he is strong. And he has been faithful, and he has been good. And there's one thing I know about my father. He would not have wanted me to sit down and quit. Matter of fact, he died on, it was a Friday, and the fall, not that Sunday, but the following Sunday, we took it right back up preaching in Ohio, and been going ever since, because that's what we do. You know what, if in this life we had hope only, we would be so miserable. And my dad got to do what he had lived all his life waiting to do, 
And one of these days, we're going to join him. And what a day that's going to be. <laughs> when my Jesus, I can see. Well, I just want to share something, and I'm going to try my dead level best to stay in the time frame today. So, Donovan, you just give me the time signal and uh, five minutes cut off and all that. <laughs> we'll just stop. We'll just But you know what I want to do, because I feel like this church is on the cusp of, of something big. You've been building, and, I, and we've been here enough to feel what's happening in the spirit. But I feel like now you are really at the tipping point. And I just want to enhance your vision this morning. I want you to have miracle eyes. Brother Barnes taught me about miracle eyes. I wrote about it. We have to have that to move from where we are to where we need to be. Because without a vision, the people. So we have to see what God wants to do so we can get to where God has us destined to go. I want to help open our eyes to realize some of our blindness about how God operates and how to take this next step. I believe at this point in time, God's not only calling his church to change levels, but I think we are at the very edge of ch changing complete dimensions in the way the kingdom of God operates. And I think that you guys are sitting right there. So let me just share a few of my thoughts with you today. I want to start first by telling you that if you will ever start thinking about all the things that God has done in the past, it's easier to believe what he's doing, going to do in the future. And the, the one scripture that has always amazed me that I cannot wait to see come into fulfillment is greater things than this shall you do. We can do greater things than what he did when he was on earth. That's what it says. If we're going to believe the word, we've got to believe the word. But before we can do it, we've got to visualize it coming into our lives. You've got to see it. So I want to lay a, just a minute or two of groundwork before I get to that. And I know that you know this, but you're in a spiritual battle. We are not fighting people. And all this political stuff that's going on and all the people that are saying this and saying that and attacking each other. And this, if you will look beyond that with miracle eyes and look beyond what the people are doing and the people are saying, what you are going to see is a kingdom battle that is going on for our nation. And I'm not political. I'm not, I don't care about which side you're on. I'm on God's side, and I want this nation to become what it is supposed to become and to become back to a God-fearing country so we can fulfill our destiny. God gives us promises, but it's up to us to claim them. Just because we've been given a promise does not mean it's going to come into fruition. You have a process to get to a promise. You have a process to get to a prophecy, and however you go about it is how is what it's what determines it. So, darkness is here. 
And if we're going to move to the next dimension, we have to have a unified front. Yeah, so we're going to have to notch up our faith level a little bit and walk in unity before we can win this war. We're on the cusp of the greatest days ever. But it's going to take faith and unity. Ephesians 6. I want to read just a couple of little things in Ephesians 6. Um, verse 12. You know this. You can all quote it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Would you please remember that scripture next time you log on to Facebook? That was just free. But the rest of that chapter goes on to teach us about the armor of God. The breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and all that. But let me tell you something. You can't do warfare until you're committed to unity. You can't do warfare until you're committed to unity. An army is no good unless it moves as one. If you have a group of people and half of them are headed that way and half of them that way, and maybe there's a tag along going back the other way, you, you can't win like that. If it's not moving as one, you can't conquer. And just as importantly as moving as one, it's speaking as one. you got to talk the same language. And in these days of conquering, our language has become a bit different. Thought processes must be different. Don't be pulled in to the world's thought processing. You are of a different breed. You are a peculiar people. You have been called for a different purpose. Put in your miracle mind and start thinking like he thinks and not like everybody else. Change your thought processing. The third, first five chapters of Ephesians all talk about unity. And then you get to chapter 6 and you put on your armor because we have to walk to victory in unity. I'm going to keep saying that until I feel like it's settled. The armor of God is not just to defend yourself. <laughs> the armor of God is to claim more territory for his kingdom. It's to push forward with. So, are we ready? Faith and unity are a must, so how do we get there? Many of our personal beliefs, now I'm not talking about our doctrinal beliefs, but I'm talking about our personal beliefs. They're dysfunctional. <laughs> we have been blinded by Job's trials and Paul's thorn in the flesh and we just fall back on those when it's convenient <laughs> those were for thank you specific it's coming it's been a long month those were for certain little things certain people certain dispensations you cannot claim that for yourself you're not Job and you're not Paul Tell your neighbor, I'm not Job. Thank God. <laughs> now, while the intention is that our beliefs should guide us, 
In reality, they keep us locked into lives that are far more limited than we're really capable of. Do you get that? You know what? We make excuses when it doesn't work like the word has promised. When it don't happen like this, we try to find an out and an excuse. And when that happens, whose fault is that? It's not the word's fault. It stands forever. So that, that, this line of thinking is what led me to this very deep statement. Are you ready? A fish is the last to discover water because it's been swimming in it all its life. Now that's deep, isn't it? I guess it depends on which body of water your fish is in, but a lot of you have been swimming in the same water for a long time, and you don't realize what a miracle you're living in. The ocean is life-giving miracle. The ocean is what keeps our planet surviving. But the fish don't know that. Just all blue to them. You're comfortable where you are. You've seen some results here. Oh, you get so nourished. And all your friends swim around with you. And it is just so much fun. But it's time to realize what we really have and where we really are to move from this comfortable station to deeper knowledge and this new dimension. I think we're ready. So I have a question. Can you see something if you don't have a word for it? Can you see something? If you don't have a word for it, greater things than these shall you do. We limit ourselves to what we see. If you don't believe how pervasively language shapes us in our world, I have some very intriguing research that's going to show you the power. But before I do my research, I'm going to show you what the word says about language. Proverbs says, life and death are where? It's a hard lesson for me to learn. If you get up every morning talking about how bad that day is going to be, how terrible you feel, how mean that boss is, I've got to go to work. what so-and-so said to me yesterday, if you get up rehearsing that every morning, you're in a downward cycle before you ever get your first cup of coffee. Life and death are in your tongue. And if we want to go to the next faith level, some things are going to have to change. What you say shapes you. Language has shaped your life. Language has shaped your beliefs, and language even shapes your church family. So listen closely. This is where my research led me. Did the color blue exist in ancient cultures? 
Has the sky always been blue? Not a trick question. <laughs> Sky's always been blue, right? Well, according to Radiolab podcast entitled, Why Isn't the Sky Blue? In ancient times, there was no word for blue in a lot of different languages. I don't know if you're a literature buff, but Homer in the Odyssey never mentioned the color blue for the sky or for the sea. He called it wine dark. Nor did the word blue appear in a lot of other ancient writings that were otherwise extremely descriptive in everything else. There was no word blue. So the question is, if there's no word for something, can you see it as it is? Well, researcher Jules Davidoff decided to study this question. And he found a particular tribe called the Himba in Nambia. And the Himba people have many different words for green, but they did not have a word for blue. Only greens. So as part of the research, the tribe members were shown this circular pattern of squares. And all the squares were green except for one that was obviously blue. Can you see the blue one? Oh, come on. Are you all colorblind? <laughs> you can see the blue one, right? Okay, in case you can't, it's the second one down on the left. It's blue. But oddly enough, when those tribe members were shown this same image and asked to point to the one that was different, they couldn't select the blue square as a different one. <laughs> Eventually, as they all sat there quietly looking, a couple of them said, well, maybe that one might, might be a little different. We don't, we're not sure. They didn't have a word for that. They couldn't see it. But when they were shown this similar circular pattern of green squares, and there's one square in there that is subtly different, and most of you will not be able to discern that. It's just a shade different green. Everybody in the tribe immediately saw which one was different. What's easy for us was not easy for them. What's difficult for us very simple for them. The Himba simply had no word for blue. And thus, they could not identify a blue square from a collection of green ones. So, it seems what language has taught us, what our language delineates, we can discern. Our language shapes what we see. If you don't have a word for blue, you just simply can't see blue. So I want to ask you today, what's your tribe talking? Look at your neighbor and tell them you're my tribe. You're all, you're a tribe. And do you know what? Your movement from here 
to hear depends on what your tribe is talking. We must start seeing things differently so we can create such a language of faith and unity that it is extremely simple to move forward. There's not even a struggle. It happens because we have been speaking it into the atmosphere in faith and we become moving as one body and faith and unity together cannot be stopped. It lines up with the kingdom. You know, when you start speaking differently and seeing differently, troubling situations are not totally negative. They become an opportunity for God to show up. It depends on how you tweak your brain to think about it. Sickness is merely a chance for God to show his healing power. It's not because I'm being picked on and God doesn't like me. He is building a platform so his glory can be shown to your community. Start seeing blue. Start speaking differently. You have to if you're going to see different results. So if you aren't speaking it, you probably can't see it. Get the book on five miracles. Start Seeing, speaking, believing, thinking differently. Now let's read, let's read some scriptures so I can, I can show you. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Who, I gave those to somebody. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Pastor. 4.13. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. <laughs> That's pretty simple. That's really pretty simple. Yeah. I believe and I speak. I don't see and then speak. I believe and then I speak it into existence. I believe that this church is 10 times the size that it is now, and therefore I speak it into existence. I believe that my lost children are going to find God, and therefore I speak it into existence. I believe that I may be standing here today sick, but I believe that I am going to be standing here today well because I speak it into existence. I believe, therefore I speak. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It's really pretty simple. This is not deep. This is a change of mindset is what this is. I will not 
take on the negative tone that the world is emanating at this point in history. I am called for a different purpose and I will speak and it will happen. And what comes out my mouth is going to be lined up with God's word and things are going to change. 2 Corinthians 4.18 While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What do you want to live for? (laughs) Do you want to live to baby your little pet peeves? Or do you want to live to wake up someday in a land different from this one? (laughs) Where there's no more pain and there's no more tears and there's no more sorrows and there's no more goodbyes and there's no more sickness. I speak and it aligns up with the eternal because that's where my passport says I'm headed. It's been stamped and I'm ready. Don't be oblivious to the obvious. Look at the word. Good job. Memorize scriptures. I want you to say this with me, and they'll put it on the screen. Speak differently. See differently. Okay, all together. Speak differently. See differently. Okay, no, you're going to have to say it like you believe it. I have not just been standing up here because I wanted to stand up here. I want you to start believing what I'm saying. So let's say it together. Speak differently. See differently. Speak differently. See differently. Say it. That's right. You speak differently, and I promise you, you're going to start seeing things differently. Instead of getting up in the morning moaning and groaning about how bad everything's going to be for you that day, you get up and put your feet on the floor and say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That is a decision you make. That has nothing to do with circumstances around you. That is faith speaking. And you got to learn to speak in a new faith language. Okay, we're going to read Mark. Because this, this, this will show you what happens with people. <laughs> and I hope we don't find ourselves here today. But let's read Mark chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 1 through 6, baby. Okay, stop just one second. Do y'all understand what's going on here? Jesus, the one that raises the dead, the one 
touches people and they see. The one that feeds thousands with one little loaf of bread. Him. Him. Walks into this town. <laughs> and they're like, really? Who do you think you are? You are nothing but Joseph's kid. Raised in the carpenter shop. And they took offense at him. Now let's keep reading. could do no miracles there. Now, was it because he wasn't capable? <laughs> was it because he just didn't like that city? <laughs> no, it wasn't a lack of need. And what happened? Only a few people were healed as opposed to everywhere else Jesus was going. At other places, Y'all, he was casting out devils and fevers were leaving. And do you know, entire cities were coming together. And scripture says he healed many diverse diseases and lepers were healed and paralytic hands were healed. And I love, it's Mark 3 and 10. It said, for he had healed many as opposed to this verse, few. And then the issue of blood got healed and, and he raised the dead and, and 5,000 people are fed with five loaves and two fish. Really? Amazing things happening. And y'all got to understand Israel's about that big. Don't tell me they all didn't know it. They knew everything that was going on. But you get to chapter 6 in the city of Nazareth and only a few people got healed. And here's why. Here's why. It's very simple. Their language had led them to the commonness of Jesus. He's just the carpenter's son. Oh, it's just Jesus. He shows up every service. <laughs> I can feel him any time. It's just Jesus. It's just the Spirit. No need to be alarmed. It's just no big deal. Are you kidding me? It is the God of the universe, the one that created the sun that comes up every morning, the one that put life into your body and makes your bones be able to move, the one who gives you kids and grandkids, the one who makes the flowers bloom. It's that God that's here every time two or three are gathered in his name. It all depends on how you want to talk about him. Don't let your familiarity with him make him common. <coughs> I don't know. Sometimes we say, well, yeah, God really shows up when... Brother so-and-so is there preaching. Or <laughs> Every now and then, he even shows up in our regular services. 
they didn't talk about him as the miracle worker he was, then they couldn't see him for what he really was. It's very simple how they viewed Jesus and how they perceived all the things they had heard that he was capable of. How you perceive him is how you'll receive him. It's really up to you. Life point, where you go from here is up to you. It's not up to him. He's ready. He's ready to see this thing triple just like that. He's ready to see your neighbors fill this place up until you have to sit on the floor. He's, he's ready. He is so ready. And what we have to do is join in with him in faith and in unity and start seeing him for what he is capable of doing and start believing that he can do all things and start believing that greater things than this I can do. You can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That does not say they might. It says they shall recover. It really doesn't. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's not difficult. Is he a healer and a miracle worker? Every service? <coughs> Every day? Or is he just somebody that shows up every now and then when we're real desperate? <laughs> He's really not the 911. <sighs> he can be, but he wants to be so much more. He wants to go with you every day to your job, ministering to your family, and to start seeing miracles working in your life and in your heart every day. I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of things that could change in my world for the better. We're going to have to start seeing blue. And we're going to have to start seeing things that we're not accustomed to seeing. We're going to have to start believing things that we may not have ever seen in the natural, ever. But we've only heard. And we need to start embracing them as fact. He wants to heal all. That's faith. Don't you want to be known? Life point. The church that everyone has abundant life. The church where there's nobody sick. Greater things than these. The church that they don't even know where all the money comes from. It just shows up. Greater things than these. Or, you know what? I, and I guess I'm a little sentimental at this time. Uh, and I think so many things right now. I, I refer back to my father. And I remember my dad when I was a kid. Uh, he was foreign missions director, traveled overseas all the time. And he would come home telling us of these fantastic things that happened overseas. Not here but overseas. And as a child, I would think, why, why don't they have that here? Why, why, why can't we see that? And he would always say, because you don't believe it yet. They just believe it. 
And I remember one service, my dad was in South America, and he was telling me, and I have been longing for this day to happen. That he said he was ministering on the platform, a bunch of ministers, a huge crowd, thousands and thousands of people in a building. And he said, I'm telling you, all of a sudden, a blue haze started creeping in the back of that building. And he said it literally covered the entire congregation. And they fell on their faces because the glory of God had settled on that congregation. Can you even imagine? You've got to see it. You've got to hunger for it. You've got to start believing that these things are going to happen. You've got to start seeing things in a different way. You've got to start speaking things in a different way. Boy, when I get to church Wednesday night, there's no telling what's going to happen. Yeah. <coughs> Pastor's going to be so anointed. My friends are going to be there. Our prayers are going to change the world. It's all how you believe. It's all how you see. It's all how you think. But we have to start seeing it. And I just believe that, that I'm here this Sunday. I don't know what your big announcement is. I just got in late last night. Didn't even see your pastor and his wife till this morning. I don't know what you're coming up on. But I believe I was sent to tell you. Start seeing blue. Whatever it is the new vision is, you start taking that and seeing it as done and speaking it as finished. Because, see, here's what you don't understand. If we move in the will of God and at the plan of God, it really already is done. He knows the beginning to the end. It's already finished in his eyes. I just got to walk it out so I can speak it as though it is because in his world it is. And I have got to become more eternal than I am temporal. And I have got to be seeing things as he sees them and not as I see them. Give me miracle eyes to start seeing blue, to start seeing things like you see them, to start speaking things like you see it. God help us. Go life point. I believe, I believe that it is about to happen. I believe that it is about to happen for individuals. I believe it is about to happen for this church collectively. I believe it is about to happen for families. I believe it's got to happen for this community. How wonderful is it going to be when anytime somebody refers to this church, all you got to do is show up and you'll be healed. You walk into that building and the presence of God is so strong that you can't help but be saved. <laughs> That's what you've got to start talking. That's what you've got to start claiming. And